Hi everyone and welcome to the Sweet Spot on a Farm, episode 41. If you just randomly tuned in and have no idea what this podcast is about, um, the Sweet Spot is all about natural health. I um, talk to natural health and fitness professionals and anyone whose business and life's mission it is to help us support our health in as natural ways as possible. We cover topics like organic farming, herbalism, fitness training, natural therapies, and we also talk a lot about food and share plant-based nutritious recipes that support and nourish our body. Today we will talk about mushrooms, and I'm sitting in an office of a chef, photographer, (laughs) publisher, editor, apparently even a tank driver, (laughs) but most importantly the founder of a coconut drink company, Coco Mojo, and recently, a company specializing in medicinal mushroom supplements called Otzi Brew. Trisha, hello. How are you? Hello there, Susanna. Yeah, lovely to be here and chatting about mushrooms. Is there anything you haven't done in life? Because that sounds an awful lot. And is there anything you would like to add to that? <laughs> well, there's a lot. I still I'm, I hit the ripe old age of 59. <laughs> I shouldn't say old age at all. I'm just like feel I'm... St- getting going in life. I've got so many things I still want to achieve. Um, I guess one of the big things is to cultivate mushrooms in space. But in the meantime, I'm starting with uh, cultivating them on the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things that really struck me is tank dryer. What is that all about? Well, whenever I was 19, I was um, the chef in an old people's home. And um, the head chef... We were called cooks then because it was many years ago. And the head cook retired. And I was given her job at age 19 to be in charge of all these um, lovely old people who used to queue up to have their food half an hour before it was served. It it became the most important thing in their day was to eat. And I realised how important it was just to try and get nourishment in. Um, So the matron, she had a bit of a drinking problem. So I realised that's why I was made the head, the head cook. So she would go into the store and um, drink some of the sherry that was there for the trifles. <laughs> and then um, I joined the Royal Air Force um, because I wanted to adventure and I wanted to get out and see the world a little bit. And I thought, I, can, I got my driving test first time at age 17. I can do that. I'll give that a go. So I applied to be a driver in the Air Force. And then before I knew it, I had my HGV3 or HGV license, driving snow plows, driving coaches, driving tanks. I thought, what am I doing here? So, um, yeah, but that was all experience. But it wasn't my career path, but it was something I enjoyed doing, you know. That definitely Um, sounds like a great life experience, I have to say. Yeah, it was, especially whenever you have something like uh, 30 uh, paratroopers and a coach and your legs hardly fit, uh, reach the steering, you know, reach the brakes and the accelerator. And if they're shutting too much, you can go over a bump too quickly and that keeps them all quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how do you get from driving a tank and a coach and snowplow into founding... A coconut drink company? Well, as I said, I've been eating and drinking for 59 years. You know, it was a a lot of experience in that department. I've always been really fascinated by, you know, nutrition, what you put in, 
will either make you better or make you worse. And when you have a choice to put something into your system that will make you worse, why do we do that? I always find this like a, a conflict of, of us wanting our pleasure but also wanting our health at the same time. I've always found this fascinating. And I grew up on a farm and we had a well and the, I knew the water there was beautiful. And then whenever I drank water from a tap, it just was so different. And so, and my name was Colwell. So I was thought, well, you become what your name is, you know. And I really, you know, got into health big time then. You know, just the, just the small changes you can make that can make you feel better. And, and that was, was that the drive behind coconut? Well, at the time, um, I grew up on a farm and we had these things I thought were coconut trees and I used to talk to my father about them and he said keep watching the coconuts will grow but they do not grow in Ireland and they are not even palm trees they just look like them and um, so I had a fascination for coconuts because it's it was one of the exotic fruits that could be brought into the house you know around Halloween time and it was a way to reach other parts of really interesting mysterious parts of the world you know, it was an access to that world and you get it and shake it and, you know, like drill holes on it to get the water out of it and then smash it and then take the coconut flesh from it. It was a labour of love really to do that, but it was it was very exotic and it really sparked my imagination very early on, age eight, nine, ten onwards, you know. And I used to bottle water and then it it was a natural progression after I'd gone through several career paths, I'd had a, I had a son and he was now, he didn't, you know, need so much input from me. I thought, I was banging my head on a pillow saying, what am I going to do? What is my life's purpose? What is my life's purpose? So I went along to one of these uh, enterprise units that help you start up your own business. And there was a lady there called Pat. Um, oh, I wish I could remember her second name. But anyhow, she... Um, she actually said, look, Trish, you can set up your own company, but you, have you got an idea of what you want to do? And she said, I said, no. <laughs> she said, right, will you come back with an idea and we'll get you, you know, kick-started. So I went, I was banging my head on the pillow. What's my life's purpose? And coconuts just came forward, like coconuts. And I said, well, I love coconuts. I'm going to do everything to do with coconuts, cr coconut crisps. I'm going to do coconut oil, coconut drinks. Coco I just wanted everything coconuts and people thought it was crazy because it was back in 2010 whenever people, you know, there wasn't that whole craze about coconuts and there wasn't even categories on shelves for coconuts at that point. But I knew that I really wanted to do this. So I created um, a drink. Um, Coco Mojo, Coco for health and Mojo for energy. It just shows you how quickly things change because now all the shops are exploding with coconut waters and coconut milk and coconut oil and coconut this and coconut that. Early adopters, you know, can come on with the ideas. Um, they have to do a lot of the digging out of the foundations to bring these products to the market. Um, now things are happening a bit quicker. But from having an idea to implementing that idea and making it happen, the idea is about 5% and the implementation of the idea is about 95%. Mm -hmm. 
it it takes a lot of digging, you know, at the foundations for it, but it's really worth it. Well, I suppose running Coco Mojo also helped you learn about what it's like to run your own business. And it was probably a great experience for you to turn into a businesswoman because it's, as you said, it's not enough to have an idea, but you also need to know how to run a business. You need to have a fair idea about accounts, about finance, about production, about food safety and all of that that comes with it, especially since you're involved in the food industry and there's regulations and what you can put on your label, what you can't put on your label, which we'll mm. get to with, the, mm-hmm. with, with your mushroom products because mm-hmm. that's... Obviously, mm-hmm. supplements. There's a there's a lot of regulations with that. So, when did the mushroom idea come come about? Did you just think, oh, I'm I'm bored with coconut? Yeah, no, not <laughs> at all. No, I'll, I'll definitely get to that mushroom bit. But before we leave the coconuts, I'd just like to um, explain that you also need a bit of good fortune as well to happen on the way of people. You know, um, I met someone called Karim Karim Sams who was the son of Green and Black's uh, chocolate. And he had gone through quite a lot of experience of maybe uh, making his own soft drinks that didn't work. So he was able to impart a lot of that knowledge. And so I thought it was really worthwhile getting him as a consultant, you know, to help finalise the recipe and finalise the labels and things like that. So he came, flew across to Belfast, picked him up, Went in, ready, steady, soft drink, and off we went with all the beautiful uh, 18 different ingredients that we put in the Kokomojo from Galangal, turmeric, uh, some quite uh, unusual things in there, along with coconut milk and coconut water. And that was the first ever in the world to combine all those ingredients. And individually, each one of those ingredients has come forward as uh, really amazing ingredients in their own right with health benefits. So I put like 18 things, maybe too much into one drink that wasn't... (laughs) I wanted to give like too much, but that was very, very interesting, you know, because if if you are unsure about anything, if you're setting up business or unsure, just reach out for somebody else who's got that expertise and they usually want to hold your hand and lift you up you know, to help you out and things like that. And it's really important. Experience is priceless, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. Always reach out if you need, you know, help. Um, Anyone who wants to, who's interested in setting up business, I'm glad to help them, you know, if if they want to reach out to me. So then um, a few things uh, came along. So... I then uh, moved on heavily into turmeric. I did studies with uh, uh, Liverpool University, a chap called Dr. Chris Ford, and we were doing a study about turmeric and how it affects ageing community, how it can help with inflammation and things like that, and the combination of piperin from black pepper, how it gets absorbed better in your body and things. So uh, turmeric's very dear to my heart as well. But um, the thing is, I'd, applied, I'd then gone on to create a nutritional app for children to help children see what happens to their body when they put sugar inside. And this was a virtual reality um, app to help kids. Once you drink that fizzy drink, how does that interact with the cell? It was also gamified. 
So you can shoot the sugar at the cell and you can see how it travels up the spine into the hippocampus and how the neurons fire, give you a high hit and then drop you down quick. And if you're sitting beside someone in your class who's drinking water, they have an advantage over your learning abilities because their neurons are going to fire longer and their memory uh, retaining powers are, stay there longer. I created a, a character called Marvy Magmented Reality Virtual Intelligence. This was an android. This uh, character was half human, half robot. Okay. So whenever he... It was a male because there was more problems with obesity in males than females, so we made him a, a young, young male. And he's a superhero because... So when he took the wrong things, too much sugar, his all his lights and the see-through parts of his body and his brain just went out and dulled down. Okay. But when he did the right things and he ate like spinach, <laughs> you know, it's like the modern-day Popeye, you know. Um, this is Marvy. But the lady I did that with was a nutrigenomicist. She was from South Africa and her husband was from Portugal. She had two young children and she found Northern Ireland just too cold. And she, so we put that in the back burner. And this is where the mushroom business comes in. So basically, I'd applied for an entrepreneurial spark program. I thought this is something that will really help accelerate the business, you know, and give me, you know, some of the acumen that, that I need for it. So I went, and of course, John, John Ferris was there, and he said, Trish, look, we accepted you for the Marvy project and you've put that on the back burner, even though it got quite good traction with Apple and things like that. He said, but if you can come up with another idea within the, within the next week, we will, you know, keep you on with that idea. So that was a real soul searching time. That's, oh no, here we go again. So where's on, where does all my experience lie, lies in food and drink and nutrition and things like that? So I was just out walking in the forest. That's where I go if I need, um, you know, to think at all. Forest bathing? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> forest bathing. Yeah, but not with the bikini on. <laughs> <laughs> at any time of the year in Northern Ireland. <laughs> so, well, you never know. <laughs> um, so I was just walking and... And there was, there was loads and loads of pine cones everywhere. So I'd kicked about 300 of these things. And I thought, what's this about the pangolins? Next day I was out again and I got hit in the head by a pangolin. I thought, what is this about these pangolins? <laughs> I, I wasn't in a bikini. <laughs> and uh, anyhow, uh, the pangolin thing, I went Google pangolins. It said pangolin rep represents the pineal gland. Incredible history in behind the pangolin. Absolutely beautiful. I go, okay, so right now our pineal glands clogged up with maybe too, you know, too much poison and over-processed food and stuff in our water and things like that. So I go, okay, so what helps clear the uh, pineal gland? Chaga came to the top. I thought, that's what I'm going to bring, that's what I am bringing to the world because Chaga is the king of all mushrooms. It's full circle for me because when I was a young girl, I used to watch mushrooms grow, literally, when I, I would get up at five. Not very often, I grant you. 
but I would watch the mushroom grow, come through the ground, a small button mushroom, and by the evening time, it was like a portobello size. I just found these things absolutely fascinating. Did you have mushrooms in the garden when you were growing up or something? Or yeah. Where did you go? Yeah, I grew, I had a, we had a very small holding of a farm and um, we had mushrooms growing there, yeah. Oh, and there was incredible. a river, a little small river running through one of the fields. It was, it was beautiful, you know. And I watched those mushrooms grow. And when I was age 26, I wanted to set up a business be, to be the first organic mushroom farm in Northern Ireland, but my father said, no, you can't have that land. <laughs> oh, okay, why not? Or oh, there's five til- five other children in the family. I said, but they'll all work, we'll all come on board. But he said, no, he didn't feel it was fair, which is fair enough. So I've come back around now um, to to revisit that whole world of mushrooms. That, are, that, that kingdom is fascinating. It goes they found a fossil of a mushroom that's over a billion years old. Now, check that out. One billion years old. That is incredible. Yeah. So th- there's something whether we are very linked with that. Because in the mushroom kingdom, 45% of our DNA links closely with fungi. So it's, That is nuts. It's totally nuts. And then... So Chaga being the king, known as the king of all the mushrooms, that is a tree mushroom, and it grows... Well, we have sourced our Chaga from Siberia because it's known to be the best. It requires, like, minus 30 to activate, you know, the goodness in it. So the fruiting body starts at the centre of the tree. The spores are in the earth. They're looking for loose bark, and they love birch trees, and they... they go into the centre and the mycelium goes to the external part of the tree and then you take that mycelium off and it'll regrow again so it keeps regrowing so you're not damaging it even though I will say this that once chag is in the tree the tree's on its way out because tree mushrooms help assist the tree to go back down in the, in the ground to nourish the soil again I didn't know that and see mm-hmm. the first time I you're talking about chaga like everybody knows it's the king of all mushrooms I the first time I heard of chaga was whenever you were launching Aussie Brew and I saw you and, and the product in E2L that was the first time I genuinely heard of chaga <laughs> yes well I guess because in this part of the world it wouldn't be you know something that's in our folklore or it's not really in something that we did you know as a tea making tea with it because perhaps it just doesn't it's not cold enough here to grow on our trees but if you were in Siberia in Russia you it would be very much part of your your makeup, your hair. In any of that northern part in Finland and Canada, there's a lot of folklore around it. Well, which probably brings us to the name of um, Utsi Brew, because our company is a homage to Utsi, the Iceman, who was found in, the, you know, two hackers walking across the Utsal Alps, and they found a frozen body coming out of the ground. And when that frozen body was excavated, he was 5,300 years old and he was carrying medicinal mushrooms on him. So it's very ancient and it's been around a long, long time. And there was even a book written 
by a Russian doctor. Please don't ask me to pronounce his name. <laughs> but um, he wrote a book called The Cancer Ward and he worked out, you know, that there was a whole tribe of people in Russia that didn't get cancer. And the one common denominator they had was they were all drinking chaga. So he looked deeper into this and he started drinking it himself because it's very fascinating. So how does chaga work? What does it do that is so beneficial to our body? Um, it boosts our immunity, basically. So there, there's many properties in it. Um, they talk about the polysaccharides in it. It's higher in antioxidants than any other thing known. Um, but really, antioxidants is a little bit overplayed, but SOD antioxidants are more specific to chaga. And um, the thing is, it's an excellent source of manganese that helps with cell repair. And in that cell repair, that helps boost, boost our immunity. So it's really great for boosting the immunity. Yeah, it's, it's that inside-out repair. We really need to look at them at uh, looking at our bodies on, on a cellular level rather than trying to fix us with pills and things that won't last that will just kill the kind of top layer of all the symptoms rather than repairing the actual core of what the problem is and I love herbs and foods that really do that and that's that's I think that is the problem of modern society that we we don't realize and I certainly didn't until I started looking into nutrition that food is not just something that we put in our belly to stop it from rumbling. Food is the, the essential source of, or should be, the source of nutrients, all the minerals that our cells need to function properly, because if our cells don't function properly, nothing does. And that's why I'm fascinated with nutrition and food and how actually what we eat and put in our body can really help our body and and boost our system into healing and self-repair because people don't realize, most of us don't realize, our bodies are the most sophisticated machines in the world. Mm-hmm. How we developed and how we function and all the processes that are happening in our body and our bodies are capable of self-repair, but we just yeah. need to give them the tools to do it and most oh, of us don't. It's so... We're in... such an exciting time almost like on the cusp of you know confirming what you're saying there when we look at people like Rhonda Patrick you know Dr. Rhonda Patrick if there's any questions you have about your health google Rhonda Patrick and she is incredible her, I think her is her podcast called Find My Fitness. I can't remember yeah. what her podcast is yeah. called, but I've actually yeah. recently listened to a couple of episodes on, on she's obsessed with Brussels sprouts. Oh, Brussels sprouts, <laughs> the cruciferous, uh, cruciferous, and, cruciferous and yeah. uh, um, broccoli as well because it's a sulfurifine, yeah, sulfurifine, sulfurifine yeah. which is really amazing. But well, we just did the. Um, yeah, broccoli, not Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah right. uh, broccoli, uh, but broccoli, broccoli, broccoli is in there too, and she goes right down to okay, broccoli is great, but the next one down the the sprouts, the yeah, little the sprouts of yeah. it, but then go right down to the seeds. Yeah, 
They've got like each time you're doubling up, doubling up on the sulfurifines. 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 Which have uh, incredible um, powers for us. So we're finding these things out. Now, we're not long back from health optimization with um, Tim Gray. He's a founder of Health Optimization Summit. It ran for the first time in London this year. Now, we are finding these very knowledgeable people coming forward. They're known as biohackers, and they're hacking their system to, so they can let us know, you know, what are the results because what what suits you might not suit me. Yeah. And we almost have a DNA in our in a coded DNA that we'll have a predisposition towards one illness or the other. So my predisposition would probably be, because my mum is diabetic type 2, uh, her mother was diabetic type 2, so it's probably a good chance I will have that too. Now, what you can do with that knowledge is stay away from the things that will trigger diabetes type 2, whereas you might not have anything like that. You might be able to eat a bag of crisps, but I can't. So no, we need, you know, like it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's all right. Don't you worry. We're making the snack for you. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not quite for you if mushrooms aren't quite your thing, but if mushrooms are, then we have the snack for you. But um, no, so I think I think we're in like a groundbreaking time, a very exciting time. We have that... Um, interpersonal conflict of what we can eat and what we can't eat. Now our knowledge is just coming forward. Like, it's so exciting. Like, it's not to be feared, it's to be embraced and say, okay, I can't have that one, but I can have that. And there's enough um, cheat days that you can have things, but you're in control of your own health much more than ever before. I think it's so exciting. It is, and I think... The fact that we now have so many different tools available with the likes of, you know, supplements and, and there's a lot of information now that wasn't there, you know, a few years ago with functional medicine coming coming along now and podcasts and articles and um, doctors and researchers putting their findings online for people to be able to access for free. It's it's the only thing is people need to learn to navigate through the jungle of information because a lot of the information out there that's available might not be accurate or verified. And so you kind of need to know which sources are the good ones and which aren't. But there is so much information available now and, and so many products. And we now know about the benefits of fresh organic foods and eating real food is so much more beneficial than um, destroying our health with processed foods that have zero benefits really to us. And so companies like yours who are putting on the shelves supplements that are really food-based and sourced from the right environment it's really important as well because uh, the market has been flooded for years now with a lot of supplements many of which are synthetic and therefore they won't really give us that many benefits as a supplement that's actually from organic and food real food source um, yes. it's, it's, it's yes. these things that we kind of need to take mm-hmm. into account with buying supplements so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you said that you source your chaga from Siberia 
Yes, yes, we source our, it's known as the best in the world, the wild Siberian chaga. But outside of that, you know, I think the lines are blurring a little bit now from, you know, something that was seen as a medicine to something you're eating. You're eating your medicine now. And the lines are blurring with food supplements. So I really wanted to give a food supplement that you could drink as opposed to have to take a pill in pill form because I'm not really keen on the pill form myself. I'm not going to say it doesn't give you benefits, but I personally can't take them easy. So I, um, that's why our chaga, you just stir into a cup of hot water and drink it. And it's the chaga can be had hot because... It's made from mechitin, the heat breaks down and releases, so heat does not damage it. I'm very careful about that. And with the lion's mane, we recommend you don't have that with heat to activate the compounds in it because it's a fruiting body and it's very gentle. So you're better putting that in with a living food and having that cold in a smoothie, dropping, you know, uh, two grams in with your smoothie with living food and having that cold. Whereas if you put heat on that, it's not great. Mm. Whereas if you put, you can have the heat with the jacket, no problem. So I recommend the both supplements both have in a drinking format. And um, we're also releasing the uh, lion's mane shot and the chaga shot in little shot form that's easy to take. So that'll be released um, early next year. So how did you go about developing your first supplement when you founded Utsibru? Was it was yes. it a conscious decision to to make a drink, or did you go through different options before you settled on a drink? And yes. another thing, can you eat chaga as an actual mushroom? No, you can't. It's as hard as it's as hard as that that table. You know, um, basically, it's made the same sort of. Uh, thing as a tree tree bark so it's like eating a bark um you can if you get if you're lucky enough to get yourself your hands on real chaga then you would be brewing it for about five hours to release any of the goodness to make a tea and then you've got like a bitter type of tea whereas we wanted to make that easier or our chaga is just one thing nothing added it's water extracted And then it's ground into a powder and freeze-dried. So you just have to drop that in. So you're getting all the benefits, you know, contained in a... We we, we um, sell in a biophotonic glass, which is keeps all the goodness in. It doesn't let any light in to spoil the chaga. And once it's sealed, that's it. So that that's very important as well, the packaging. Also, it's like a glass, so you can reuse that, take the labels off yourself. I had a struggle with soap and water, take it off and relabel the jars and use for your own spices and herbs or whatever you want to use it, and that will, you know, keep the goodness in on those. I love that. I really like the fact that more and more companies, it's so great to see that more and more companies are really thinking about their packaging the so way you important. do. Can we reuse it? Can we recycle yeah. it? Can we yeah. do something that we won't put it back onto the landfill? Yeah. This is amazing. I yeah. really, really like that. Because these things look beautiful once you finish it. And if you hold it up to the light, it's just like a beautiful, like, violet purple and It's it's just a, you wouldn't really want to throw it out at all, you know, something you can keep for a long, long time. Yeah, 
It's it's amazing. And now you mentioned that you're you have another product now with with Lion's Mane. So yes, what is it about Lion's Mane? Was it did you always know that you won't stop at Chaga? Yes. And 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 why Lion's Mane? Well, um, for to answer the second part of the other question about the Chaga, you know, in a what form would it be a drink form or would it not be a drink form? Well, it was a natural um, progression that it would be a drink form because we knew that as a hot drink, um, it could be, you know, you could have it looked exactly like coffee but tasted more like tea. So we always knew that was going to be in a drink form. Now, when we moved to Lion's Mane, so Lion's Mane is a fruiting body, as I said, and yes, it is an easier way to get into your system is when it is in a drink form. So you can add that in, as I said, to your smoothies, those chaga you have on its own. Um, we planted out a organic. Um, it was important that we had it organic as well. But ultimately, we do want to grow our own lion's mane. We've planted out a lion's mane farm in Northern Ireland, but it takes like 14 months to grow so we're waiting patiently we've gone through um, let me see what's in um, eight months so we've another say about six months to wait or maybe a bit more and um, then we will have our own lion's mane lion's mane is one of the most beautiful mushrooms to look at it's it looks I guess it is named after a lion's mane because of the um, long strands coming out from it. It's a, a real creamy white mushroom. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. It looks really bushy. And like a pom pom. <laughs> yeah. It's just like pom poms. Yeah. Um, it was protected in the new forest and somebody went and took a big slice out of it. It made the news. They stole some lion's mane. Oh, wow. But the lion's mane is for the brain. So the, if the chag is for the immunity, then the lion's mane is for the brain. It's it was a natural progression for us. Uh, it has a lot of scientific studies in behind it um, that I would encourage you to research. Is it native to Ireland, or why did you make the decision to try and grow it yourself? We have yeah. chaga. You were sourcing it. Yeah, well, out. we can't grow chaga. We, we could if we decided to go through a lab, and that's not how we want to do it. Mm. We want it to come from. The source of where it does grow, which is the trees, and it doesn't, it doesn't harm trees. Tree, it's assisting trees, and when you take it off, it's not harming the tree. So that was important to us as well. But the lion's mane is another tree mushroom. It grows from beech and it grows from oak, and it can grow here, not easily, and it's very rare to find. And but apparently it tastes so beautiful, like uh, if you get a real piece of lion's mane, try and find that from somewhere until ours is ready in a year's time or eight months' time. But it tastes like a lobster, you know. It's an excellent um, meat replacement. So you, with lion's mane, you could actually eat that? Oh, uh, you can eat this. This is one you can eat and chop it up like your tofus or your so soyas or whatever and um, it, or just as a meat replacement. Or as I'm really sorry for myself that I can't eat mushrooms no, now. We'll, we'll micro-toast you. <laughs> the way you're describing it, it just makes me want to eat it. No, because it absorbs all the flavours in around it. Um, I think I, I know there's a chap also 
who is growing lands mainly here, he might be quicker because he's doing it in a more controlled environment. But I said to him, once it, whoever gets ready first, I said there'll be a queue for it because it is incredible stuff. It is so good for the brain, you know. It's very exciting. You actually mentioned briefly microdosing there, and that was my other question. Do you know anything yeah. about microdosing, and what do you think of it, especially with yeah. regards to... Um, to mushrooms because I wonder whether your products maybe could they be a good way to microdose oneself with mushrooms and get the benefits well possibly now I don't know an awful lot about this but I know it's like building up benefits I know a little bit from biohackers you know biohackers microdose on things to build up I also know that some poisonous mushrooms are not poisonous if you microdose, but I wouldn't dare go down that field to recommend anything to anybody without thorough research. But the fly agaric, for for example, is a, is a deadly mushroom, but they have used extracts of that to put on sciatica externally on the body to to um, help people with the pain. You know, I've seen some amazing things where people were in wheelchairs with pain and they could stand up after having, you know, that dosed on them. But I would say check out microdosing on it, but I would not know an awful lot about that one. But I just think it is about building up the benefits and testing, measuring, testing, measuring, testing. And there's people out there who have done that quite a bit. Uh, Tim Ferriss, I think he talks a lot about microdosing. Again. You're the second person in the past two weeks that mentioned Tim Ferriss to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim Ferriss is marvelous. So he's got a great um, uh, giveaway on a Friday. He gives you like uh, five things on a Friday, every Friday, and he recommends a book to you and he recommends some great music. And oh, he's a man after my own heart because he's. Uh, he, And he actually was interviewed by Rhonda Patrick from Find My Fitness. Um, really nice interview as well. I need to check that one. I need to yeah. buy some of his books because yeah. I, I, he was at the back of my mind because somebody a while back recommended me some of the yeah. books. And then I think it was actually my accountant who mentioned him. That name is coming back to me oh, from yeah. random people. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's maybe it's the universe is trying to tell me something. Definitely. <laughs> you need to go and uh, interview Tim Ferriss. I need to write it down, Tim Ferriss. So talking about studies and science, um, I take it that before you launched Utsi Brew, you've probably done a hell of a lot of research on chaga and mushrooms yes. and rest studies. And yes. I know yes. you're heavily involved with, with yes. the world of science. Um, mm. you're, you're, you're a bit of, you don't look it, but I think you're a bit of a nerd. <laughs> um, I know, I have to get myself a pair of thick glasses. <laughs> I, I can't see a thing. Shake your head, maybe. <laughs> um, but do you have any particular studies that would come to mind that you could share with us when it comes to chaga or mushrooms in general? Maybe anything well, that yeah. really piqued your interest? Well, it really is hard to walk past um, Paul Stamet, you know. Uh, Paul Stamet, he's a bit of a guru of all things mushroom. Um, he's a philosopher on mushrooms too. He's got many um, 
videos out there that's really worth watching. That was the guy I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just as you yes. said, it's He has dedicated his life to mushrooms. He wears a mushroom hat, by the way, that I know. That was he was talking about <laughs> on the podcast. I, oh, I yeah? was driving and I nearly stopped my car oh, thinking, yeah? what are you talking about? Mushroom yeah. hat? Are you mad? Yeah, but I know where he got that mushroom hat from. He got that mushroom hat from Transylvania. Because I was in Transylvania foraging a couple of months back. Um, I went and got baby chanterelles and took them to the shepherd's wife. She... Um, she cooked, showed me how to cook these chanterelles really simply. And her husband was the shepherd and he was making this incredible cheese from the goat's, goat's cheese and made it into like a flat bread and got the chanterelle mushrooms and put the chanterelle mushrooms and wrapped up the goat's cheese. And the, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> What an incredible place. Get to Transylvania. My Can you stop talking about food and fasting today? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're eating vicariously. <laughs> just by listening, you've just eaten. <laughs> but the shepherd, the shepherds have the, you know, it's incredible. And they have wild bears there, you know, you have to look out for when you're out foraging, you know. That's incredible. Lovely, lovely country, you know, Romania, stroke, yeah. Transylvania, you know. I've never been to that part of the world, but it's on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is on my bucket list. Who are you from yourself? Czech Susanna? Republic. Czech Republic? Yeah. Prague and places like that, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah I grew up in yeah. Prague. Oh. It's not as beautiful as Romania or Transylvania, oh, I can tell you that. It is, I love it, I love it. I love the old city walking up there and looking over the city, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is nice, love but it. I have to say I'm more fond of nature now than any old stone buildings. Uh, <laughs> but your great uh, great composer came from there, was it Dvořák or one Smetana of those? Smetana is more, yeah? my yeah. more favourite than Dvořák, yeah? to be honest. But okay. yeah, we have quite a few. Classical music is a big part of our culture. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Music's a big part of connecting things as well, isn't it? It's like the mycelium connects the it's like the language or between the tree roots it's it's informing the forest. So music's informing us as well. So I think they're all connected. But I better not go too far down that route. Yeah, you're getting into philosophy now. <laughs> 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 but let's stick to science. Yes, let's stick to science. And if you want to hear about Trisha's mission to cultivate mushrooms in space, you'll have to tune in to the second part of this episode. The recipe for this week is a simple cranberry smoothie and you should be able to get cranberries around Christmas time quite easily. They're fantastic as an extra antioxidant boost that we all need in winter time and they are super low in sugar. And their sweet and sour taste is one I'm a big fan of. You can use organic cranberries if you can get them, but if you can't, use only fresh or frozen ones. Please don't use dried cranberries because they contain added sugar or other sweeteners. You can get unsweetened organic dried cranberries, but you have to really search for them online and they cost quite a bit of money. What you need for one smoothie is 50 grams of cranberries, fresh or frozen, 50 ml of coconut milk. You can use any other non-dairy milk. I just prefer coconut milk for this one because it really nicely balances the tartness of the cranberries. You'll need 10 ml of MCT oil. Again, you can use any other good quality plant-based oil that would taste good in a smoothie, like hemp or avocado oil. 
Alternatively, you can use hard hemp seeds if you don't want to put oil in your smoothie, but it is a really good way to get some healthy fats in your diet. Now, I put 10 grams of unflavored protein powder in it, but it is completely optional and you don't have to do it. But again, especially if you're mainly on plant-based diet and you are quite active and say work out in the morning, this is a really good way how to get some extra protein in you. You'll need a handful of almonds. These will be soaked overnight one teaspoon of cacao powder and one teaspoon of lemon zest or essence of lemon and some spring or filtered water. You soak your almonds in spring or filtered water overnight for easier digestion. Again, this step is optional, but I like to do that because they are much easier to digest that way. And in the morning, you drain and rinse the almonds and add them into your blender. Then you steam or wilt the cranberries if they are too tart for you to eat. And once you drain them, add them into the blender with the rest of the ingredients. And then just top up your cup with spring or filtered water and blend it until smooth. Remember, you can find our recipes on our social media and the best way to get them is to download them in a PDF form from our Facebook public group page, The Sweet Spot on a Farm, and you can find them all in the file section. And if you'd like some more of The Sweet Spot recipes, you can get our plant-based cookbook with recipes suitable for celiacs and diabetics. The paperback is available from Amazon. Or by personal order, which, unlike Amazon, comes with free UK delivery. You can order at thesweetspot at gmail.com or message me via social media. Or you can get the digital form through iBooks. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a comment on social media or SoundCloud and share with your friends and family. And if you use iTunes, you could rate us on iTunes to keep this podcast going because your reviews are absolutely essential for that. I know that many of you don't think those stars are very important, but trust me, for content makers like myself, those stars mean a lot. And if you have the Apple Podcast app, you can even do this on your smartphone in less than two minutes. And I'll really appreciate it. And with that, have a lovely week. Eat some mushrooms and stay healthy. Until next time. Bye. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. <laughs>